Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Navigators Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week, we discuss faith, family, and the cultural trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join Tyler Robertson as we study God's Word together. Hello, friend. My name is Tom Delp, and I serve here on staff with Pastor Kevin Broyhill at the Calvary Baptist Church of King, North Carolina. I've been here for 10 years, and the Lord sure has been good and sure has been faithful. I appreciate Brother Tyler so very much. He's a great friend, and he's also one of our graduates here in our Bible college, and we sure are proud of him and for how God is using him there in Durham, North Carolina, and his precious family. And I'm very thankful that he's given me this opportunity to come on the podcast today today, and share with you some thoughts on the topic really of corporate worship. If you have a Bible handy, I want to encourage you to go with me to the Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, and the Bible does all the speaking. Um, I may share some thoughts, but I pray you really don't take anything from me, but take it from God's Word. And the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 5, this is an exciting moment in the Old Testament. Uh, The temple has been completed, uh, and it is now being prepared to be dedicated to the Lord. Um, I want you to look with me at chapter 5 and verse 11. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers of all of them, of Asaph, of Haman, of Jethum, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them an hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. And it came to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. I want to speak to you on this topic today, the audience of one. The audience of one. I want you to think back with me to the beginning of COVID-19, the pandemic of 2020. And I'll never forget our first service that was live stream only. Our pastor was there. A few of our musicians were there. Our sound and media team was there just about 10 of us. And we literally stared at a camera and led people in the worship of the Lord and our pastor preached the word of God. It was an unusual moment, but it was a lesson for me spiritually. Here's what it was. So many times as a musician, as a singer, 
as an instrumentalist. We sing and we pr- and we play for the applause or the approval of others and not for the audience of one. And it was a visual reminder for me on that day in March of 2020 as I looked out to an empty auditorium that this is literally the picture of what God wants us to view the worship of him like. Just singing for the Lord. Just singing for God. And here in the Old Testament, God interrupted the order of service. Hey, pastor or music leader, go ahead and change your order of service tomorrow and see what happens. <laughs> People know when to sit. They know when to stand. They know when to say amen. They know when to say oh me. They know when to clap. They know when to stop. They know when to uh, talk or not. They know when to shake hands. Go ahead and interrupt the order of service. Uh, we often are critical of the Catholic's doctrine, but us as Baptists, we we follow the same traditions and, and if we're not careful. We've done the same thing for decades and decades, and oftentimes we get on autopilot. And God interrupted the order of service here in the dedication of the, of the Old Testament temple. I want you to have, a, if you have a pen handy, to write down this first point. Number one, these were sanctified worshipers. These were sanctified worshipers. Worship is literally bowing down to the Lord. Bowing down to the Lord our God. Look with me back at verse number 11 and 12. Number one, they were sanctified worshipers. Verse 11, And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. Look at this next phrase. For all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph and Haman and Jethun, with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east of the end of the altar, and with them an hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. Hey, Christian listening today, these worshipers were sanctified worshipers. The Bible says in first Peter chapter one and verse fifteen, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. I heard a pastor say one time, I love the music. Because when the music is over, I can preach. I think that's a incorrect view of worship. Of course, God exalts his word above his very name. But what if we viewed the worship of God as an entirety of the service? I don't know of a single pastor that wouldn't love to preach to a crowd of prepared people. I don't know of a pastor that wouldn't like to preach to this crowd. They were sanctified. They were pure. Uh, we won't spend much time here, but verse 12 of our text implies... That their it shows us that their dress implied that this was a formal occasion and a casual one. The worship of God requires our best, don't you agree? And the dress in verse twelve it implied that this was a formal occasion, not just a casual one. A Christian or pastor, imagine if all the people that came to your church on Sunday they came prepared with a clean and a sanctified heart. They came with a pure heart. Uh, I enjoy running um, several miles from time to time each week, but I am dripping sweat when I'm done running. One of the things I enjoy is getting into a shower, getting the soap, getting the shampoo, and cleaning myself off. Uh, I become clean and become pure from that sweat that was pouring off of my face. And that's the picture of the Lord wants us to give. And so number one, these were sanctified worshipers. Can I ask you, are you clean? Are you pure? When you entered the Lord's house um, the local church on Sunday. Will you be clean? Will you be pure? God wants us when we sing, when we play, when we worship corporately with the people of God to sing and to play 
with a sanctified heart. Number two, they were unified worshipers. Number two, they were unified worshipers. Look with me at verse 13. It came to pass even, and it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as, what's the next word? They were as one. To make, what's the next word? One sound. To be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, I'll continue our thought in just a moment. I believe first they were unified in their music. They were unified in their music. The Bible says in Psalm 33, verse 3, Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. I had a lady one time uh, encourage me to play the organ when I was a teenager. And so I practiced, I learned. And she told me something one time, a very elderly lady. She said, God does not sponsor a flop. And I want to encourage you, musician or singer, don't haphazardly go into worship of the Lord. God says in Psalm 33, I just read, they played skillfully with a loud noise. There was some sense of preparation and practice here. They were unified in their music. They were prepared. Uh, God help us and God rid us of, a, of order of services and music programs that are not prepared. Y'all pray for us. We haven't practiced. It's not a good way to worship the Lord. I, I believe they were unified in their music, but also they were unified in their spirit. Philippians one twenty seven says, Striving together for the faith of the gospel. Do you ever walk into a service and you can cut the tension with a knife in that service? Christian, we must corporately worship God in the audience of one with a unified heart and with a unified spirit. Is there division in the house of God? Is there division with another believer in Christ? God won't hear our worship. They were unified. I like what Pastor Wayne Hardy said in his book, The Great Exemption. I'd encourage you to buy it. He said, a good congregational song service is not measured by whether it employs songs with hymn books or screens. Rather, it should be measured by the participation and expressed passion of those in the congregation. There's so much debate and needless debate over, I use hymn books and we use screens, but that shouldn't be the debate. It should be measured by the participation and expressed passion of those in the congregation. And so these were sanctified worshipers, they were unified worshipers, but lastly, number three, they were focused worshipers. Look with me at verse 13 at the end of the verse. They were playing with one sound. They had one heart. But then it says at the end of the verse 13, they lift up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand and minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. They were focused worshipers. What was the focus of the worshipers gathered here today? They were focused on the Lord. May God rid us of professionalism and dignity for ourselves, but may the Lord help us to sing in the presence of the Lord and to minister in the presence of the Lord. The most important part of a song is the message that it conveys. John 3.30, what did John the Baptist say of Christ? He must increase, but I must decrease. And our world needs to see less of us and more of God. Who did they sing to, these worshipers? They sang to the Lord. What, what was their song? For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. What happened when they praised the Lord? What happened when they worshiped the Lord? Well, the end of verse 13 gives us what happened. 
The house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. God's presence was real. God's presence was there. And so much so that the priest could not stand, verse 14, the priest could not stand and minister by reason of the cloud. The priests, the leaders could not even stand to talk because the presence of God was so real. And child of God, here's the truth. There's so many churches coming up on this Lord's Day that they'll gather, they'll sing their songs, they'll preach their message, but God's presence won't be there. How will God's presence be there? I believe based on scripture that there must be sanctified people, there must be sanctified worshipers, there must be unified worshipers, and there must be focused worshipers to the Lord. May God help us to get out of the way, and may the Lord be preeminent. One of my favorite groups is the Collingsworth family. I enjoy hearing them sing. They're a blessing. But I remember hearing Kim Collingsworth. She's the mother of this group, and they're a family that sings together. But I'll never forget something she told in an audience one time. I'll never forget it. She said, when our family was very young and just started out traveling, I remember we rented out a large auditorium, a couple thousand seat auditorium. And our family was there. We pulled our trailer. We got to the location, to the several thousand seat auditorium. We prepared to walk out to the platform to sing, and there was maybe 50 people in that auditorium. Hardly anybody there. And Mrs. Collinsworth gathered their children together. And Brother Mrs. Collinsworth, they sat their kids down, and they looked them in the eyes, and they said this, Boys, girls, I want you to picture Jesus sitting in every one of those seats. Don't worry about who's not here. Worry about who could be here. And that convicted me. If Jesus were sitting in the auditorium, how would you sing? If you knew that Jesus was next to you in the congregation, how would you sing? It would sure change how we would sing, how we would play. And may we this week determine that we will be sanctified worshipers, that will be unified worshipers, that will be focused worshipers to the Lord. May God help us today to sing and play for the audience of one. Thank you for listening to The Navigator's Podcast. Visit tyleraroberson.com and subscribe to our readers group for helpful articles, podcast updates, and book releases. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tyleraroberson.com, tyleraroberson.com, and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.